Hello and welcome to episode 1060 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, May 31st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How was your uh, How was your weekend? I know you had some a sick child, but besides, yeah. apart from that, how was it? Yeah, two, two plus years of avoiding COVID like the Matrix and... Um... Yeah, that uh, that that ended uh, on Thursday. So my my eldest got diagnosed with uh, or tested positive for COVID. Was really sick. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been kind of just trying to take care of them while not getting it ourselves. So yeah. far, seems like we've done a decent job um, of uh, everybody's testing this morning. After as soon as I'm done with this pod, so. Uh, we'll, we'll see, make sure nobody else has COVID, but no one else is sick. So that's, that's a good sign. Other than that, pretty low key, just doing, you know, cleaning stuff around the house. I'm doing much pretty, pretty quiet Memorial Day weekend. Kept it pretty low key over here as well. Just hung out a bit, went out, saw Bob's Burgers movie, um, got the backyard cut and, and trimmed. I'm, I'm officially old, by the way. I, uh, I bought a trimmer and I was so excited to use it. I was like way too excited because I didn't have one. And every time I cut the grass, I would just focus on the areas like up against the fence that I couldn't get close enough for. And I'm like, I just wish I had a trimmer. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm so old. Like it's just, you know, all the shit you make fun of when you're younger, you're going to start liking it. And maybe not did, all, did you, know, you put on your jean shorts and your new balances. I wear new balance all the time. So I I'm do a too. New balance I, fan, so, I am too. Yes, like I that. I've never. I mean, I understand the shade, but I I never really understood the shade. Like New Balances are comfortable, man. Yeah, like I, I, and I have super wide that. feet, so like they they make stuff for for wide feet people. Um, so I, I love I love me some New Balances. I will very pr- very proudly wear my New Balances. I didn't have jean shorts, but kind of the sweat shorts I had had a jort like quality. Nice. Um, so I'm sure I look great out there. I got my socks pulled up. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to fit the role. Like, let's, yeah. let's be real. I'm I'm embracing the role. Jen but, has done um, good work. Exactly. Exactly. And I know uh, I, the the happiness when Char goes out after a fresh cut always makes me happy. I, I, I'm probably just reading into it, but I swear she's a bit happier with the grass not tickling her <laughs> underside. So I feel happy to help her out as well. Um, you also participated in a mock draft, which we're going to get into as kind of our main topic. But let's get into some news and notes quickly. Um, including getting your take on some prospects that came up and were kind of the big ticket items in the main event. Now, folks listen to 1059 with Vlad. They'll hear my thoughts on those prospects with Vlad, but I wanted to get your thoughts as well, so I figured it was worth kind of diving back into them. But not before we talk about Shane Boz uh, having a dominant start as part of his rehab, four innings, one hit, zero runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Now, I've been a bit concerned that when Boz comes back, he might relieve and uh, this doesn't necessarily change that, but uh, I think he'll be good when he comes back, no matter what. I just, you know, I was never going to wait the two plus months to get him back. So once he got uh, he got hurt, it was over. But what do you think of Shane Boz, and what is his outlook this year when he gets back? He's now thrown two and a third, two and a third, and four. He's up to fifty six pitches. So they appear to be stretching him out, which which means I would be wrong that he isn't going to start. Mm-hmm. Part of it would be that they don't have maybe enough depth to not start. They might not have that luxury, but do you think he'll start? And if so, how good will Shane Boz be upon return? I mean, I think he's going to be good. I, you know, when we did our first draft of the year back in October at FBAS, I had him as a top 20 pitcher. 
Um, and as draft season went on, I started to kind of cool that uh, on that a little bit just because I was worried about what the innings was were going to look like and mm-hmm. what the role was going to look like. And, and I agreed with you, you know, after the injury, like I didn't think he was coming back as a starter. I thought he was going to come back as a reliever. I mean, it's a guy who hasn't thrown a ton of, uh, didn't throw a ton of major league in or any innings last year. Um, and, you know, and then they had the 2020 season. So like, I thought they were going to be very, very careful. Well, I think it's a matter of necessity, though. I mean, I think that's right. the reason why we're wrong. I think they, they need an arm, especially like Boz's, um, because that division is uh, going to be really, really tough uh, to win. You know, right now they're five games back of the Yankees mm-hmm. um, and uh, only a half game up of the Blue Jays right now. So I think uh, – they're they're looking for a little shot in the arm. I think uh, it's gonna be Boz, uh, and I think he's I, don't know, I think he has the potential to just be elite. Honestly, I mean I think if he f- is available for some reason in your league, um, you need to go get him now. I imagine there would be some shallow league availability of Boz um, if somebody's IL filled up or they just couldn't do it. He's at seventy one percent Yahoo, sixty eight percent ESPN, so not much. But enough to where that's not just deadly. So go check, see if Boz is available. He's really good. He had the 13 innings in the majors last year, 92 in total. I really thought he'd be on the Shane McClanahan plan this year with his innings. But then I did get very worried about the the bone chip surgery. And I was thinking, okay, using Evaldi as a, as a loose comp when this happened to him in 2019, a more established guy, he came back. He didn't really start uh, until later. And he, he took even an extra month on the timeline. So we'll see. I like Boz, though. He's too good not to take a shot with. So if he is available, you got to take that shot. Speaking of AAA, uh, Riley Green is at AAA now. He got moved up in his rehab after a couple games with Lakeland, the uh, the high A club. He gets moved up. The Tigers need Riley Green so bad. There's a part of their lineup, a, a four-pack in their lineup that all batted in order yesterday. I don't know the order off the top of my head, but it is these four guys. Uh, I think it was Scope. Baez, Candy, Torque, whatever the order was, doesn't matter. They're all sub-200 batting averages, 198 and below for that grouping there. And batting average is not the end-all, be-all. But when you got four guys in the middle of your order hitting that poorly, it is rough. And uh, they need an infusion of offense. Can Riley Green be that that infusion for the Tigers and really jumpstart their offense? Because in addition to him being a triple and a rehab, Austin Meadows is starting a rehab from his vertigo. What mm-hmm. if they are able to plant those two back into the outfield around the same time. What do you think of Riley Green? And then you can throw in a chip and thought on uh, Meadows' return if you have anything to say there. I mean, I, I like Riley Green a lot. I mean, I think it's, a little, you know, unfortunately for the Tigers, probably a little bit too late. They're already 10 games back in the division. Yeah. This, and this, this was a team that, like, I think some people thought we're going to compete, um, but it, it was a fringe team at best, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still, it's still a, I think next year is the year the Tigers uh, make a big jump. I was um, just hoping for a 500 type season. They That's- could, you know, I mean, I Riley Green looked like the real deal in spring training. Uh, Austin Meadows, I know, like people were like mocking him uh, in kind of his production, but like the underlying numbers weren't bad. Like I feel like he was going to turn it around. Yeah, the only um, thing was the power for him. Yeah. Like he just hasn't hit, gotten into his power. He still has a 112 OPS plus for Meadows. So mm-hmm. if his power gets going, he should be totally fine. 
And as we're seeing, the ball is flying a lot more. I haven't done any sort of like statistical research on that, but just the looks of it is the ball is 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 flying a lot more than it was in the first month of the season. So uh, I think Meadows will be Austin Meadows, you know, um, and I think Green has the potential to be uh, a really, really good player right off the bat. I mean, obviously we've seen other rookies struggle, so we don't want to uh, just assume he's going to, uh, you know, be good right off the bat, but that makes the team a lot better. It's clear that, I mean, Robbie Grossman hit the IL uh, yesterday, but um, it's clear like he is just not the thing that needs to be in the outfield right now, even when he is healthy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that'd be huge additions for them. I just think it's likely too little too late. I tend to think so as well. It doesn't mean I won't be excited for Riley Green. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, NFBC price do you think he's going to go for upon arrival? You think he's still going triple digits pretty easily? Um. I think he, I mean, he's probably only available in 12s. I assume that, uh, I'm double-checking. Yeah, he's not available in oh, yeah, that's, leagues. Um, that's a great call. That's a great uh, call. Yeah, because, because uh, he, you know, he was drafted, I think, in the majority of leagues. So. In, in most mains, Riley Green was drafted. Let me see if there's any where he is available. Let's see what the percentage is. Roster rate is 75%, so there's still 25%. Yeah. 47 times 25. So it's about 12 leagues, 12 mains where Riley Green's available, not ours. But what do we think? Triple I mean, digits. I think he's a, two, yeah, I think he's a hundred to 200 dollar player. Easily. Yeah. It's obviously I mean, depends on it, what people have. People named Justin Mason. were dropping 300 plus on, on Gorman. Um, so, so far so uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, uh, I was saying last night, uh, your offense to, uh, went to off Dustin. Yeah. Too. I was like, I was like, I need this because otherwise I'm not going to compete. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had a pretty good night last night, which was uh, pretty awesome. Um, game 13 and a half points in the Jumped standing. Up to so, third. Yeah. You had a huge night. So, yeah, both those guys are coming back. Uh, I mentioned um, these prospects went off this week, and they went for some pretty big sums. Michael Harris, the second, Cal Mitchell, Oscar Gonzalez, Christopher Morrell. What did you think of this group? Was it were any on your target list? Um, you've been spending a lot recently in our league, but I know you're in two mains. So uh, were you looking at any of these guys in our league, or no, because of your recent spend? And were you looking at them in any of the uh, of your other league in your other main? Um, I wasn't really looking at them. I mean, I, I I took a look at them, but I didn't put major bids on any of them. Uh, Morel was was the one I was the most interested in. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, too. And uh, but he, I don't think he was available in any of my leagues last night so, or uh, on Sunday. So, um, no, no, he which, was available in ours. Rusty got him for sixty. Oh, Dusty got him for sixty-seven. Dustin. Then uh, I missed that in ours. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this was uh, this is an unfortunate week for me to be kind of uh, preoccupied with my kid <laughs> during fast because I did not put enough uh, enough effort into it this week, but. Uh, Morel's a guy I picked up in a couple leagues in places uh, a couple weeks ago, so that's been kind of, that's been nice. He's got speed. Like, it looks like he's going to play pretty regularly. Yeah, um, batting atop the order. I know it's the Cubs, mm-hmm. but and they have a nine game week too. That's what made Morel so appealing, even in the, yeah. just the short term. Um, you know, you're at two seventy two in our league though too. You might have been better off sitting this one out. Like your team yeah. is is cooking in the right direction as well. So maybe you got saved from yourself there by being 
a little bit away from from things where you did put in bids. You you won players, but you weren't going mm-hmm. crazy and really looking at those uh, at those guys that uh, at the big four. Morel was your favorite. Were any avoids for you of the four? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that Oscar Gonzalez is like super interesting. Um, you know, I mean, I guess there is opportunity because it's Cleveland. Uh, and, and Michael Harris, like, where does the – is the opportunity long-term for him in, in Atlanta? So, I don't know. And that's why I didn't want to invest. Like, like I knew people were going to spend a lot of money or some people were going to spend a lot of money on some of these guys. And I was just like, I don't want to get caught up in spending money that's going to end up dead. Ours was the biggest league, 288. Oh, was it? In there, yeah. Um, definitely the biggest one. And that just you know, feels like it has now, the potential to be very Josh Lowian, where exactly. you spend a ton of money and then you're just eating that money later on. And almost the same relative to where budgets are right now, right? Like mm-hmm. 555 and 288 aren't the same, but percentage of remaining budget, probably pretty close. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, you're looking for the speed from Michael Harris, has 11 steals, but also five homers at double A, but made the jump from double A. It's like they trust him and they're going to give him a shot while he's up. But if he doesn't do well, he's going to go back down because he skipped triple A. So this isn't something where it's just going to be like, oh, we're going to figure this out at the major league level no matter what with Harris. So I put in some bids and I felt like I was relatively competitive, but Morell went for 67. I totally get that. If I needed him, that's the kind of price I'd have been at. I was at, uh, what was I at? 37 was not mine, the secondary bid. Oh, yeah, I was at 22. And, like, I didn't figure that was going to get him, but that's that's the old keep him honest, and maybe I slide mm-hmm. into something a little special there. But uh, interesting group. And then, you know, Cal Mitchell, uh, interesting tweet that uh, I received, I think, from Jesse Roach about Cal Mitchell's speed. Like, he's not legitimately fast. He is 6 for 6 so far, but he was, like, 13 for 29 in the minors before this year. And he might just be making better decisions on the base pass. He got a 40 speed in our profile of him. So, you know, be careful expecting those steals to necessarily be there with Cal Mitchell. But all four guys are pretty intriguing. 12-teamers, just kind of keep these guys on your radar, except for Morell. I think you can pick them up now. Mm-hmm. And then the other three are, like, kind of based on need. Uh, but let's get into the Memorial Day mock. This was an industry group of folks here. I believe this is uh, Jeff Erickson, Perry Van Hook, Peter Kreutzer, Howard Bender, Tim McLeod, Joe Sheehan, Andrew Lamont, Todd Zola, Shelly Verstraight, yourself, Justin Mason at 10, Scott Pianowski, and Steve Gardner pulling up the rear at 12. So interesting 12-team mock that is still going because there were no Memorial Day leagues from NFBC this year. Let's Which, why? Like, what happened? Uh, interest, interest level. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Because okay. I, I, was, I asked. I just I was like, yo, what, uh, what, what, what's going on? Can I get in the league? You know, um, I'm ready. You know, I wasn't even, I wasn't asking for one for free or anything. I was like, I'll, I'll pay. He's like, ah, we're not doing them. I was like, oh, dang. So that's unfortunate. It's a bummer, unfortunately. But, uh, what was your strategy going in at 10? Did you, you, you mentioned that you didn't get to get in and make like full crazy rankings, but did you have a yeah. general strategy off the top or were you just going BPA best player available? Oh, early well- and often? So, yeah, so, I mean, my plan had been, like, hey, you know, because this thing came together very, very quickly, um, and I, I didn't think it was going to start as quickly as it did, but they wanted to try to get as much, through as much as they could uh, before the end of the weekend. And um, so I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll take best player available first couple rounds, and then I'll make a 
ranks and stuff. And then, of course, my kid tested positive for COVID, so that threw that out the window. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of just went best player available. I knew that um, with the state of pitching that I didn't need to take an ace super early. Um, I was actually more concerned with making sure uh, I got uh, uh, some good closers, um, you know, because I just didn't want to kind of swim in that back end of the pool. Um, yeah, your favorite closers again. You went Hendricks and Iglesias, so similar to what we would have done in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still got an ace. You got Zach Wheeler. So yeah. how'd that feel when you, when you still ended up getting an ace, even though you didn't prioritize one? He's been he's back. Yeah, he he's he's been fantastic. Um, he just fell too far. Like I, I was I was more thinking about I was more thinking about you know kind of just hammering offense uh, right there, but. Uh, when when Zach Wheeler made it to me in the fourth round, I was just like, okay, that that's uh, that's totally fine, uh, you know. And it's it's a it's a twelve teamer, so I mean, it's not sure. like super super late, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, Wheeler's been great this year. He looks like he's completely past whatever shoulder issues were troubling him, uh, kind of an early spring. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he's an ace. He's one of the one of the aces you can feel confident about. I mean, how many aces are we like worried about or, or have been complete, you know, dumpster fires? Exactly. Trevor Rogers. Yeah, no. um, it's been scary for some guys. And you lop off those first two starts for Wheeler. I think it's reasonable to do that, assuming that's his spring training, including that seven earn run at Miami. And since then, he has a 206 ERA and a 174 FIP with 52 Ks, nine walks, and 43 and two-thirds for Wheeler. So he's been excellent. You did get Kyle Tucker at the 10 spot, and then Vlad fell out of the first round uh, to the second. So you went Tucker, Vlad there. Um, My hope had been to go Tucker and then one of the third basemen, whether it be Devers um, or Machado. But they, they went, went like both right after you. Yeah, I went right, you know, Pianowski and, and, and Steve Gardner, two of the sharpest guys in the industry. So... Do you think um, Tucker would have made it back if you'd have gone third baseman first? Probably. Yeah. So, so you have some some minor regrets. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm and not going to regret taking Vlad. I mean, so yeah. like you know, I mean, I just I would hope I really wanted to go Tucker Machado. Um, you know what Machado has been doing this year has been unreal, especially with the stolen bases, with the speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and this was, uh, you know. We have a little group chat, you, me, Jason, and Eno. And Eno, like, prior to, like, you know, the real ramping up of draft season goes, hey, you know, this humanor going into San Diego is really going to help Machado a ton. And I wish I had prioritized him. I got him in a number of leagues, um, including Tao and and I think my auction. Um, But I I wish I'd gotten him in more spots. yeah, Eno was on that, like you said, like as draft season was still going, plenty of time to to cash in, and uh, Machado's just been otherworldly. You mentioned Vlad. You got him in the second round. I don't blame you for that pick at all, so I don't bring these numbers up to, to shade you. More to say, uh, like ask you how you feel. 40 games since getting the hand stepped on in that three-homer game. He's at 234, 341, 368, or 369 with, with the slug, five homers, um, 16 ribbies, 14 runs that paces out to like a 20, 65, 60 type season. Like obviously not good causation or correlation. Like it, it, you think it is the hand that might be bothering him or just a, a cold, cold snap there with the power. I feel like it's a cold snap. Um, 
and I, you know, he's he's too good of a hitter to to pass up at that spot. Um, you know, maybe I could have. I I I, I really strongly considered Otani there too, mm-hmm. um, just because of how good Otani's been on both sides. Um, Plate skills but, are still beautiful for yeah, uh, Vlad. And that's the thing. Vlad at two fifty five. He is on the ground fifty three percent though, so the ground balls have come back, and that could be something with the hand, or it could just be like, oh, that's an easy. We can kind of uh, retrofit the hand mm-hmm. as the reason. We don't really know though. Yeah, because it, I, it did start right there. I agree. It's it's all really hard, you know, hard thing to. I would think if he's having real issues with a hand, I mean, this is a generational player um, who the Blue Jays are, you know, hitched to for a long time. So, like, I think if there was a real issue with a hand, he'd be on the IL. Like, he'd be, um, he'd be getting healthy. Um, you yeah. know, I know they want to cut, try to compete this year, but his long-term health is is more important. So, um, I, I I assume it is uh, Coral or. Uh, this is not, you know, this is correlation, cause. not causation. Yeah, yeah, this is not causation, but you never know. I mean, you know, how many times have we seen guys try to work, you know, play through that's the thing, these too. type of injuries and just never get better? If, if he's not telling them how bad it is mm-hmm. for Vlad's hand, maybe that's part of it as well. He's like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It's just a cold snap, I'm gonna be fine. I think it'll probably be fine, though. I like that the plate skills are still strong. It just got to get the ball back up in the air a bit. Uh, Trout and Betts jumped up to five and six, respectively. Uh, not shocking, obviously. I don't. I don't believe I sh- it shouldn't be. But um, if either of them had fallen to you, would you have snap picked? Oh them? yeah. I mean, I think my biggest re- not my biggest regret, but one one of my regrets so far in the early season is not drafting Betts everywhere. Um, because I, I was not one of the, you know, trout, I was fading trout along with everybody else. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, is that going to turn out to be a bad decision? Yeah, probably. But like, I stand by the thought process, Mm -hmm. um, with bets, I was not fading him. Um, and I just didn't make him a priority in the way I should have. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I've got a number of teams where I like he bets would look really, really good on it as opposed to Ozzy Albies or whatever pitcher, you know, Max Scherzer or whatever, you know, whoever I took in the back end of the, the first round. Um, and bets is just, he's just a stud. Um, he's so amazing. I, I wish I had just been more aggressive on him, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say that I was, like I said earlier, I, you know, I got saved a bit by Govey. I was I was um, annoyed when uh, Albies went, and I settled for my quote unquote consolation of, of bets. I felt great. Uh, I took I took bets anywhere I could though. I I never really got it why why there was even any pushback. I, I guess it was related to the hip, which isn't crazy to think, but he's just so good. He's on the best team, mm-hmm. and he covers. In addition to doing other good things, but he covers the category that is most underrated, which is runs. And he already mm-hmm. has 50 runs on the year. Mookie Betts yeah, it's insane. is un- unbelievable. F- 15 homers and four steals, 304 batting averages on an MVP clip. Uh, I, I Not just know. on the best team in baseball, but a team that we were looking at to start the season as 
potentially one of the greatest offenses of all time. Like, like we were talking exactly. about, oh, you've got Cody Bellinger hitting like seventh or eighth in this lineup. <laughs> like it's like it's it's an unreal good lineup. And the 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 thought that there were a lot of people um fading him when he's like the like the like the centerpiece of this amazing yeah. offense he's like, the catalyst is ridiculous so that's gets it going um, and he's just he's otherworldly yeah. uh, jeff erickson brought up a great point on his pod the other day i completely agree if edwin rios was in a different organization he'd be an everyday player who we'd be talking about all the time and he's their yeah. extra guy yeah he's an extra guy for them now that muncie's hurt that they he was a target of mine during fab yeah. um yeah i mean I, killer power OBP yeah. under 300 right now, but I think with steady playing time, he's a rhythm type guy. A lot of guys are, but uh, especially these all or nothing guys, they got to get into their rhythm a bit. He's going to have strikeouts. He's going to have a little bit lower batting average, but I like Rios. Uh, Byron Buxton still went in the third round. What, what were your thoughts on that? Do you, do you agree? Because we talk about Vlad sputtering a bit. Uh, Byron Buxton is hitting 203. Uh, 285, 508. So the power's still there with the 11 homers kind of booing up the numbers. And I know batting averages are down, but 203 and the crazy thing about that is he started hot so you could you can't even be like oh it's just been a tough year he's hitting 143 in his last 103 plate appearances what do you think of Mook, uh, excuse me of byron buxton still going in the third round of this draft do you agree i'm not surprised there's always going to be people who uh uh who are buxton apologists um and you know driving that bandwagon um you know, I, I'm not like super worried necessarily about the production. I think he'll end up being fine. He'll turn it around. You know, this is just a, a really ugly cold streak. Comical My, whip of 129, like comic or uh, Babbitt. I don't know. Why I said whip. Yeah, just comically low, like that. Like, how do you get it's, that unlucky? It's yeah. I mean, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna continue. I mean, the the question for me was, um, I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't taking him the second round over Vlad, um, but. Even if he had made it to me in the third round, the injuries are always like there. And I just, I just, you know, the hard part yeah. about when you do like these, you know, second half leagues, right? Or, or, you know, in this case, Memorial Day, um, is like sometimes people will be like, well, I'm just going to take the highest upside possible, right? You know, and, and hope a guy stays healthy. The problem is a 10 day IL stint or a two week IL stint is a large larger portion of the season and yeah so it's not actually, scaled down you know it's not yeah, like it's, a six day ielts and it's still the 10 or 15. Mm -hmm. we saw this in the 2020 season like people were like oh i'm gonna shoot for the moon i'm gonna do this and it turned out to be a really poor strategy in, in most cases because you lose a guy once you know you're losing the guy potentially for a quarter of the season and it may be a half the season um and so yeah i mean guys like uh, Buxton end up dropping a ton on my board personally, just because I'm not willing to take the Campbell on a guy who, you know, habitually misses time. Absolutely. And I, I, I totally understand. I've been a Buxton buyer and a believer in this instance. I don't think I would have gone for him, um, but I don't, I don't disrespect the pick in the third. The upside I, I'll tell you there. though, you know, and I, I know we're going to talk about surprises. Yeah, um, let's go into that. Bring, bring, what are some of your bigger surprises from the first five rounds? Uh, I mean, this isn't necessarily a surprise, but seeing some of the names that maybe a week or two ago we would have completely ignored, like Trevor's story going in the back end of the second round. 
I mean, people How were leaving him for dead. Yep. Uh, you know, 10 days ago or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever this hot streak started. Um, and now he's a back end second round in a 12 teamer. Like that's, um, that's insanity to me. Like, uh, uh, just how quickly, you know, we are just, you know, we mentioned kind of briefly, like how good my main event team was yesterday. Like, and I, you can still gain double digit points in leagues. Like it's still super early in the season. Um, so please do not write your teams off if you're in 14th or 15th place. Like, just keep grinding because I mean, I had a 13 and a half point Friday night. I went up 13 yeah. and a half points and um, I was actually going to screenshot it and put it out, not to brag that my team had a good night, but to show people like this is still ha happening in leagues. And it always depended on your standings, but a lot of leagues, this is probably the norm where your league standings are tight enough to where if you have the right night, a quality night, it wasn't even some eye popping that it was good, obviously, but it wasn't 20 homers or anything. I gained 13 and a half points and you have, the big one last night where you went up to third place with the 100 points uh so yeah things are still changing players are still changing now you would never know that story got off to such a slow start he's at nine homers six steals and boom he's right back in the second round anybody else in those first five runs those real foundational players that uh that stood out to you i see like a Tariq scooble going up there um your boy cedric almost felt now if he'd have been there for you in the fourth he went one pick before you would you have taken him or were you sticking with zach wheeler there I mean, I think I would have stuck with Wheeler. I might have taken him just because I was a little worried about, like, what speed was going to look like after taking Tucker and, and Vlad. Um, so mm -hmm. there there was potential I could uh, I could have, but I uh, got my boy Jorge Mateo later on. Uh, so it, it all go. worked out for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, all those people saying Cedric Mons was going to fade. Five hits. Ugh. Or five homers, eleven steals, yeah. forty-one average. Again, that's not too terrible um, for for what we're in the context today. Pacing for seventeen thirty-six with eighty-three runs, fifty-three ribs, and the two forty-one average. That's not too bad. That's really not bad at all. That'll do. That, that yeah, that'll play. Do. Yeah, that yeah, will absolutely that, play. Isn't isn't that pretty much what you were like, you know, hoping Starling Marte's ceiling is like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Something yeah. like that. Uh, with probably with more ribbies for Marte's a little bit on a better team, of course. But yes. uh, you can't be upset with what Cedric Mullins is doing. He's the 61st player overall right now. That's not too bad. Anybody else in the top five rounds there that uh, that really jumped out to you? Like, whoa, it looks pretty stock outside of a couple pockets. Mm -hmm. but, uh, anybody like Albies dipped to the fourth makes sense, but a little bit jarring to see. Um, anything else that you saw in the first five oh. rounds? A little surprise, Julio Rodriguez doesn't go. That's higher. where I was going next. Yeah, um, I think he, honestly, he was in consideration in the first two rounds for me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, now here's the thing. Like I said, this thing got thrown together really quickly. We're gonna talk about some other players here in a minute that like fell way, way too far. Mm -hmm. um, I think players because team, uh, you know people who were in the mock did not have time to like really prepare ranks and things like that. Um, I think players were just missed. And I think maybe that that's the case because Julio Rodriguez is a borderline first round pick. I think at this point, I mean, he's been season. amazing. Yeah. And the thing was, even when he wasn't hitting the steals were there yeah. to, to keep your fantasy value afloat. He leads baseball with 14 steals, but now he has six homers and a 270 average. So now everything is there. So fifth round for Joe Sheehan is absolute thievery. 
after yeah. to pair him with Betts uh, and Pete Alonso and then his Walker Buehler Pablo Lopez combo for pitching. I don't hate that either. So yeah, that was a bit of a steal. I thought for sure. Uh, Marcus Simeon, you know, third, fourth rounder fell down to the 10th. Not particularly surprising. He did finally get his first Homer. Uh, now that we've had another few weeks since we've talked about him, what's his outlook for the rest of the year for you? What, what do you realistically expect from here forward from him? I kind of stand by what I said before, which is I think he'll end up being fine in a lesser version of, of what you wanted originally when you drafted him. I, I don't know that he's going to return value. I mean, that's um, if you yeah. took him in the second, third, um, or even fourth rounds, you, you, you know, that unfortunately, I don't think that's going to pay out. You can trade from him, trade for him from today forward. You can, you could net value. Sure. Sure. I, absolutely. I, I kind of agree with the projections that are like, Mid mid to upper teens homers, 10 plus steals, 250 average. That's good for mm -hmm. like a 117, 118 WRC plus from Semyon. So I could see that, but I understand why he went in the 10th. Cal Wright bounced up to the sixth. You comfortable with that? Do you believe in this breakout from the Atlanta uh former number five overall pick? Um I, I mean I believe in it to a point. I think when you start taking him that high and you start taking him over, you know, yeah, other there's some guys, guys that you, would, you wouldn't have done that. Um, let's see, was that the it's coming back the other way? Six. So, so Cease and Montas went right before him, and then Nestor Cortez, Bieber, Gilbert. I think I'm taking Gilbert and Luis Garcia, Logan Webb, um, who felt all the way to me in like the eighth or ninth round. Yeah. Um, that felt like uh, a steal in Chris Bassett, um, even who, who fell another route after that. Like I know he had a really bad start the other day, but it was against, you know, my giants. And yeah, you got Webb in the 10th. Oh yeah. It was it, when he was there, I was like, and this is one of the reasons why like one, it's a 12 teamer Two, mm -hmm. the state of pitching this year has been so insanely good. I was like, you know, I can hobble together a pitching staff later on, you know, kind of do the Nick Pollock, you know, thing, right? He, mm -hmm. Nick plays in a lot of 12s, and he goes, I don't take a starting pitcher in the first, you know, five to ten rounds. And I was like, oh, that's what I'll do. Wheeler just kind of fell into my lap. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I figured there would be some deals uh, at some point, and, and there were. Um, I like the but, Reynolds pick by you, by the way. Thanks. I, you know, Reynolds, I know he has not been great to start I, the year. Uh, I just I don't just, see major concern, though. I just did an investigation yeah, on him this morning during my stream, and I think it's all yeah. there still to bounce back. Yeah, and then he hit a home run, like, right after I yeah, uh, right after I, uh, I picked him. Um, and I think there is a chance, like, the Pirates look to cash in on him at the trade deadline, and he ends up on the Yankees or on a, on a, you know, a, a, a really, really good club. team in a That'd much be better park. So um, I like Reynolds a lot. I like that. Uh, wait, but I, I like, Ryan right. I just know there's going to be bumps, right? Like he's yeah. been, he's been great, but we've seen the bumps and I want to see how, how well he's able to um, kind of maintain these levels deep into the season. I just don't know that we know. How we that's we don't know though. yet, but he has answered some bumps pretty nicely. The mm -hmm. foundation of skills is definitely there for Kyle Wright. It is still just nine starts, though. And yeah. so we don't know exactly. Sixth round probably would have been a little bit too pricey for me. I wouldn't have been too far off, though. I'm looking at some guys like Gilbert, uh, Bieber, Webb, 
I'm a pretty big Fromberto guy. Like I like Framber mm-hmm. Valdez. I probably would have taken him. Um, Luis Garcia, you mentioned. I don't know. What about uh, Eric Lauer went in the twelfth? I think between the two at price, I much prefer Lauer in the twelfth than right in the sixth. I think it's kind of like if you're looking for upside versus safety. Um, not to say that Lauer doesn't offer some upside because he's been great this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the argument. And and I tend to lead towards safety, right? I tend to lead towards the guy. It's not like Lauer is punchless. He's not Miles Mikolas like no, out there. He's like, getting K's. He's getting the strikeouts this year. So like um, but I also feel like that floor is so much safer with Lauer um, than the guy who's unproven like Kyle Wright. Um and you know, and then Atlanta's park in the summer is gonna is <laughs> could be a problem as well. So true. But um, Milwaukee's is not a cakewalk. It's it, that's true. But so, Lauer does a really good job of limiting, limiting yeah, the homers. So. I, I love Lauer. And again, at that price discount, I think that's where I really lean there, even though I'm a big Kyle Wright fan. Yeah. You mentioned that some guys just fell, and this mm-hmm. one really stood out to me. I could not believe Ryan Helsley went in the 21st. Yeah, I <laughs> I think that was one of those cases. For me, Like I already had three closers. Yeah, you, um, you were fine. You took two studs early and then also added – you had Hendricks and Iglesias, and then you got Chapman in the 17th. So yeah. you're kind of specking on him late. But and you so had at that point, stones. I'm not – and we weren't drafting reserves. Like, I, I just made a decision not to draft a ninth pitcher just so I could take Justin Turner and put him on my on my bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually we would draft reserves. And um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of got missed. Tanner Rainey got missed when the last round. Juan Yepes got missed. Um, like, I think – uh, if there was an ADP, if um, uh, if we had had more time to prepare, these guys are going much earlier. I, I think those are just huge oversights. Definitely, um, Jake Cronenworth went in the last round. What I know, he's not playing that well, but isn't that too low, or am I just too much of a Jake Cronenworth stand? I don't know. I'm really worried about Cronenworth, and I have it's not good. On, like, Be- go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. There's not much to like other than the fact that. San Diego's beat up and they continue to like um, kind of throw a vote. I mean, they went out and got Robinson Cano to add depth, which is like, oh, wow, that's that's what um, that's that's the addition. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I I worry that once Tatis is back, the rest of the team is healthy, the Colonel Worth's going to lose the playing time because this is a team that doesn't doesn't get his stuff together. Well, they also are going to. I think they're gonna. They may be the most active team at the trade deadline. They um, are not sh- shy about being active. So you. Well, I think this is right. Preller's last chance. Like if Preller yeah, doesn't absolutely. make the playoffs um, with this roster, that he's gone. In spite of the fact of what he's done to turn around, which what what was like one of the worst franchises in baseball into mm-hmm. like what looks like a potential juggernaut in the future. Um. Yeah, I think I think this is his last opportunity. He's got to make the playoffs this year, so I, I think he'll be agree. super active. And you know, Cronenworth's second base spot is a place where they could, you know, stand to upgrade quite a bit, which would mean he moves into like a super utility role, and he's competing with guys like Profar and Kim for playing time. Yep, I think that's fair. And like, listen, Cronenworth's twenty-eight. His skills are supposed to be like. 
solid above average to average everywhere. That's kind of mm -hmm. the, the beauty of him. So there's no like carrying standout tool. And that's kind of showing here on the negative range of outcomes for something like that. It ends up being this kind of meandering season. The one issue I do have with Cronenworth's profile is the ball's in the air way too much. His fly ball rate is up nine points to 45%. That's been a big problem. He's a line drive ground ball type guy that you want that batting average with some pop. Uh, but he's got to he's got to kind of shift that back, I think, to where it's more of a mid 40s ground ball and a mid 30s fly ball. I think that's where he's best. So I'm not giving up on him. I thought that was a little late, but I understand the reasons for concern with Jake Cronenworth right now. And as you said, they're going to be active, too. That's one thing that can really muddy the water for for Jake Cronenworth's playing time if he doesn't turn it around. He's still making elite zone contact. He's hitting the ball hard enough. I think you're right. I think this is. I think he might be trying to sell out a little bit for power, and that's a mistake. Don't do that, especially yeah. with this ball. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally agree there. Anybody else stand out? Anybody else you want to hit on before we get going? Um, you know, uh, there, there was a little bit of confusion. It it was supposed to be set up as a two catcher league, and but it was accidentally set up as a one catcher league initially, and then they changed it halfway through. So. The catcher prices are all over the place. Okay. Um, I'm sure Paul will link uh, the yes, board uh, so people can see. So, but like, don't worry about the catcher prices um, because, like, eight or nine rounds in, they were like, "Oh, it's two catcher." I know it says one, but it's two. That kind of that kind of just a lot. threw off um, a lot of people, including me, because it's like, well, why would I take a catcher? Exactly, if, you know. The one um, versus two complete, like in a league like this, I would have taken like Jonah Heim with like one of my last picks if it's mm -hmm. one catcher, but in two catcher, I, I don't want to be buried. So I would have, you know, taken somebody a bit earlier. So I totally understand that vibe there, but it's fun. I'm glad you guys did something just to kind of see where the market's at right now. It is a bummer that NFBC didn't have enough interest to do the Memorial Day leagues, but uh, honestly probably saved me for myself. I don't really need another league. I've actually got some solid competing teams. Um, I feel pretty good about where I'm at in our main, even sitting in eighth right now. I don't care that much about the standings. Like I said, I've spiked up to fifth, sixth on nights. I know that the points are there if my team goes right. But things, I, things are super – like this is the time to really dig into your standings and really figure out like, hey, what do I need to address? Yes. Um, like, do you have glaring holes that you might fall behind yeah. on if you don't uh, address? And so I highly recommend people like copy and paste or download their standings into a spreadsheet and then figure out like, okay, Hey, where am I weak? Where am I strong? Like in training leagues, where can I make trades? Um, but also like be realistic. Yeah. Um, also look at like each individual category and go, okay, how many points can I stand to gain or lose in any given, you know, two week period. Right. And that should mm -hmm. give you a real idea of like, okay, I, you know, I need to be aggressive here in saves or, you know, in power, or I need to, you know, I need to cut bait on this guy because it's just, you know, he's dragging down my year and whip, things like that. So, um, you know, now's the time things are going to start stabilizing. We're going to have less and less of these double digit move, uh, point moves in the standing, but there's still plenty of time. Like, the, you you will see people as June starts to roll on to just check. We'll just check out your leagues. Um, take advantage, even though of they that, shouldn't. But it'll be great. Yeah, because they will. They'll, and they'll yeah. start to turn their attention to football. I, I've got a few summer. fourteen place or fifteen place teams right now. 
Um, and I'm not, I'm not giving up on them. Like I'm, no, I'm going to keep no grinding because I've seen, you know, Rob Silver once and first time I ever talked to him on a pod, like he said, like his main event team was like in 15th place in his league of uh, the year. He won the overall, uh, in like June. There's so, like, so much time left yeah. just to give you a microcosm of, of the standings and what standings probably look like in a lot of leagues in home runs in our league right now, there are eight teams in a band from 73 to a very nice 69 homers so there's a lot of volatility there saves are like that there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve teams in a 21 to 26 save band five saves are separating that many teams and then there's a 19 below that that's wins excuse me not saves but like there's so much movement to be done in a lot of these now your standings it depends on your standings i guarantee a lot of standings are similar to this though. i don't think our league is an outlier in any way shape or mm -hmm. form just based on my history playing playing leagues like it, it, the standings are just not settled yeah. at this point in the year and that goes for those of you doing well do not go into coast mode you will get smacked upside the head before you know it and you'll be from first to, to fifth and you'll be like what the hell i was in first and i understand that you can feel that that goodness when you are in first, like, ah, I can breathe a bit. No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. Things can change on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't say it to call him out, but just to uh, highlight the point, Michael Govier was trending uh, first in our league for a good while. In fact, he was first as recently as May 15th. He's in sixth now. And it's not because his team sucks or anything. It's because that's where the standings are. And that's mm -hmm. how, that's kind of how things go at that same time, you know, if you, by the way, if you listen to the Sunday Rotowire pod, you'd think Scott Jenstead is uh, not doing well. In yeah, you know what? I'm tired of this Scott Jenstead striker, Stri striker uh, soft sells himself, humility man. act. Like it's 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 sickening. It's it's um, <laughs> striker I has the fifth overall team and the fifty sixth overall team, including I'm in both Marley. those is leagues. He, by he's the way, he's in both years, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's leading both leagues right now. And you hear him get on the Sunday night, and you'd think this guy checks his lineups twice a week and barely knows what's going. He's always like, ah, you know, I just got things going on, and I'm just, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm doing okay. Striker, striker, yeah. we're on to you because yeah. we're both. We're, Justin's in both your leagues, and I'm in one of them. We're on to you, striker. We know you're killing it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm tired of this good guy. <laughs> Humble act. Uh, I, I want some victory laps. Damn it. Yeah. Strikers, Stop. say you've yeah. already won it. Just lie. Mm -hmm. Just be like, I, I'm so glad I won this league. Uh, this league was too easy. These are a bunch of losers in this league. I dare you. I dare you. But uh, no, it's been a great league. It really has. It's lived up to the hype. And uh, I honestly can't wait to kind of see how the rest of the summer unfolds. But I've got to get to my Rotowire spot. Justin, it was great speaking with you. I will talk to you again on Friday. Take it easy.